Hello, everybody. This is Andrew, and I have Leslie with me of, hey. Bad, of Bad Movies and Booze. And this is my first time taking the lead on making a drink. Yeah. Hooray. No. Second. Second. Yeah, you made the um, oh, yes, holiday the, kickoff. Yes, I did. That yes. I did. Yes, a holiday kickoff, which is a traditional one. But seeing that the holidays are over, we're going to move right into the 2021 New Year with Brave Bowl. Yes. It's actually a three-piece ingredient drink of ice, tequila blanco, and Kahlua. Fill your rocks glass with ice cubes. Pour one to two-thirds ounce silver tequila and one ounce Kahlua. Stir a little bit to lightly mix the ingredients. It has a very pretty caramel color, and it certainly has a mature scent to it. Yeah. And um, after me and Leslie tasted it, again, I'm not a big tequila fan but this isn't too bad no it's actually enjoyable yeah. and drinking it 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 definitely puts me into a dark cigar bar feel yes so this is definitely one of those types of drinks that would complement i would hope all cigars that are being smoked i just remembered the chocolate cigar that you had mm -hmm. this would work oh absolutely this would certainly work with a chocolate cigar absolutely so, yeah, this drink is pretty good. Um, it's rather smooth. It's smoother than what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So, it works. It's very delicious. Yeah. I'm going to be playing my old school Super Nintendo on a Nintendo Switch and sipping on this. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, I could get Samus of Super Metroid to run straight while I'm drinking it. <laughs> What I guess I'll get over there eventually and play some games with you. Oh, of course. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right. So up next is our breakdown of 2012 Ice Age. And then after that, we have some spoken word from Andrew. Enjoy. <laughs> That's Leslie. I'm Andrew with a special guest, Gin and Tonic. <laughs> and welcome back to another fun episode of Bad Movies and Booze where, yeah. Yeah, this movie. I don't know what we watched, what this was. Tammy Dolly Pritchett, this was god awful. I mean, I am glad that everybody's listening and yes. sending us some bad movies because this one, man. This we're, we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel right here. <laughs> this one, they said continuity. Who cares about continuity? That's going to be the word of the day. Continuity. Because it's lacking. And severe improbability. That doesn't matter either. If you're a math nut, you're going to be really ticked. <laughs> Real ticked. Yes. All right. So we're talking about. 2012 Ice Age, which came out the year before in 2011. Yeah. Go, go so I guess they wanted to scare people into thinking, you know. This is what's going to happen to you next year. Yeah. No. I don't know. Yeah. I'm but sure. I can't even say, like, at first I was thinking it's a ripoff of Day After Tomorrow. If it was, it was a horrible ripoff. I mean, it has some very, very few similarities. It's annoying is what it is. Oh, 
It's bad. It's bad. It's, it's annoying. So let's go ahead and start. All right. There are. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. I jumped ahead. Yes, you did. You jumped ahead of me because I, I usually ahead. do premise and all yes, that. Yes, go ahead. Do premise. A volcanic eruption in Iceland sends a glacier towards North America, causing everything in its path to freeze. A family man struggles to escape the onslaught of the coming ice age. Good grief. All right, so we have our cast characters. Uh, I am not going to be able to pronounce that last name. Patrick. Labiato. I think I got that it. That sounds right, yeah. Patrick Labiato. Okay. Julie McCullough. Katie Wilson. Nick Afanasiev. Kyle Morris, Cedric Scott, Chaco Vadaketh, Ted Monty, David Light, Gerald Webb, Sean Corey Cooper, and Ray Blatt. This movie had a budget of a quarter million dollars. Discuss that amongst yourselves. I think they used at least 200000 of it on the bad CGI for the glacier. Awful. So, the opening scene, we're seeing people walk around on ice. Now, the premise on IMDb and on the actual movie, if you pull it up on Tubi, which is where we watched it, says that this is taking place in Iceland. No, it's Greenland. Yes. So, the whole thing is taking place in Greenland, and they're walking around... On this ice, the CGI is ridiculously horrible. I think that was my biggest drawback. I mean, there were a lot of drawbacks. This movie was just bad altogether. Yep. But one of the worst things was the CGI. And you either had a very, very far away shot of things or an ultra close-up shot of people where... You hardly ever saw a full body. Good night, everybody. That's the movie. <laughs> basically. Um, the movie basically had like five scenes. Um, so anyway, they're walking on this ice and you hear all of these people talking on CB radio, walkie talkies, whatever they're talking on to communicate, some type of communication back and forth on a radio. And they're talking about a volcano. And then you see these explosions. So I guess the volcano erupted and the explosions, I mean, the Birdemic birds were better explosions than the explosions in this movie. Yes, they were. I would rather watch Birdemic. No, I wouldn't go that far. I would never go that far. Mm. Mm. I would never go that far. Mm. So you see these explosions then all of a sudden we're in Maine and Bill is in the car with his daughter, Julia, and his son, Nelson. And they're driving along. Nelson is trying to reach someone on a CB radio and Julia is ignoring her dad. And all the scenes in the car are super close up. So all you see are dad, Nelson, and Julia they try and show this outside scene. So the scene is supposed to be he's driving her to the airport and we see this huge 
backup. So it's this giant traffic jam, mm-hmm. all these horns honking. Apparently at the airport. Right. But then when you see them at the airport, he's actually he actually pulls over and is at the airport no parking zone is just for loading and unloading. But it the scene is weird because they they're not near any type of building. So I don't understand what's happening. Dad is talking to daughter. Daughter has music pumping in her ears and, you know, just minding her own business. Just being the typical 18-year-old going to college as a freshman. Right. And dad says something again. I'm sure you heard me the first time. Then she responded saying something about her mama. Yeah. And from there, dad gets onto the radio. He's trying to get in contact with his contact that was at the glacier that was blowing up because of this volcano that was underneath of it or some junk. Yeah. And it was just for some reason, just this guy. Divya. Yeah. There was just this guy there by himself. His name was Divya. Can we talk about Divya for like half an hour? Please, no. Can can we talk about the continuity about Divya for half an hour? Ladies and gentlemen, this dude was, he got into his helicopter. Wait, first. Oh, we had to finish up. Let's say how he doesn't have on a hat. Oh, that's one. (laughs) His coat is wide open. On a glacier. He's standing on a glacier and he has ice forming on his eyebrows and his beard. That little patch of hair that he calls goatee. Yeah, but he has no hat on. And I think no gloves. No, no, I don't think. And his coat was open. Yeah. Um, Is global warming that serious where you could just stand casually on a big glacier that's blowing up and and just feel okay with the weather? I guess maybe because it was blowing up, the fire started heating them up. And so that's why he had to. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know. I have to think of something because it was stupid. No, I'm not buying that. So anyway. Dude gets into his helicopter. Yeah. And continuity. We already explained how he looked outside of the helicopter. He gets into the helicopter. He still has a little bit of the ice in the in his eyebrows and his goatee. The scene flickers between him and Bill and the family. Well, Bill and son because daughter jumped out and she just said, whatever. I'm going on this flight. I'm going to New York. I'll talk to you later. Without dad knowing, holy crap, where's my daughter? Right. He gets the greatest dad in the world of the year award. Yes, and I know what I said. <laughs> Anyhow, dad's talking to Divya on the radio, trying to communicate with them. Divya, it goes, the camera goes back to Divya. Divya now has no ice, no ice particles forming on his eyebrows and his goatee. And he's talking. Camera goes back to dad and he just back and forths. But during the back and forth, you would think that being in a helicopter would translate into whatever little bit of ice was on your beard, goatee, eyebrows would melt off. It does. But magically, it comes back. Yeah. It keeps coming back. Back and forth and back and forth. Until Divya crashes. Divya dead. Yeah, so Divya tells, before he crashes, he tells Bill that the ice shelf is fracturing. And Bill doesn't understand. They can't hear each other. And then the helicopter crashes. So Bill is driving to his office 
while most of Greenland, I guess, because they're not telling us how much it is. They just keep saying all of it, which I still don't understand what all of it is. May I interject one tiny thing? That TSA rep at the airport. Oh. That, and Pop was so disrespectful to her. He was talking to Divya and the lady is trying to tell him, you got to move your car because you're holding up traffic. He's like putting up his finger one minute and all that junk. And then he ultimately, eventually rolls up his window, just completely disrespecting the TSA agent who's just doing her job. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of rude. That was kind of rude. I wanted to smack him. Yeah. Hard. All right. So dad is driving to his office while... Like I said, most of Greenland is on its way to Canada. <laughs> and Roy is in the office. That's Bill's boss. And he's telling him to send his whole family to Mexico because they know he knows about the iceberg. He doesn't need Bill there. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And he says, Roy says he sent his family to Mexico. So that's what Bill should do as well. Well, what's going on? Yeah, that was this other guy, Josh, who was being the butt. So anyway, Bill goes back to the car and tells Nelson he has to get, they have to get mom. So mom, her name is Terry, and she works with a senator. And she's telling the senator that all the flights are canceled because they were supposed to go to D.C. So then Bill goes into the office. There's no kind of security. He goes through some back door and he's yelling for Terry and telling her they need to go. And Terry doesn't want to listen to him. And it kind of sounds like they don't like each other or there's trouble in the marriage, how they're talking to each other. Not exactly. They're just a typical bickering I have a better job than you do. I don't like what you do type of couple. Yeah, she really kept talking about she didn't like. She was like, is this one of those science weathery things or something like that? Never mind. This is what your husband does for a living. Yeah. Terry doesn't want to listen. This random guy comes over and says they can't get anyone on the phone at the White House. So that's when Terry thinks, oh, this is serious. You better be right, Bill, or whatever. So then we switch to an aircraft carrier in the water, which is not an aircraft carrier. I don't know exactly what kind of military boat this was, but I do know it wasn't an aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. And it's sending fighter jets to go blow up the glacier. And then we switch back to Bill, Terry, and Nelson. They're in their car and they see these swarming clouds. Mind you, while they're in the car, they're doing all this random talking about all this random stuff. I mean, the only thing that was of importance in their conversation was they were trying to get in touch with Julia because she was on the plane to New York City and they wanted to make sure she was okay. They actually wanted her to go to Florida over to an aunt's house. Right. So they saw the swarming clouds and Bill is like, oh, we can't go home. We need to go to New York and pick Julia up. Then we switch to Julia. She's in New York and she meets up with her boyfriend. And what was his name? Because I don't think we found out until the end of the movie. Uh, It was Logan. Logan, yeah. Logan, yeah. She meets up with Logan 
And they're talking about going to the dorm and making out or whatever. Yep, yep. Young love, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And Terry is trying to get in touch with Julia, but she's ignoring the calls. And then it starts snowing, but it's summer. It has to be either the end of August or the beginning of September because it's the start of freshman year. There's so much stuff that is so out of whack with this movie. It's just so hard to keep up. I mean, they did say it was summer. And she was trying to figure out why it was snowing in summer. So I don't think that was too much of a continuity issue. Yeah, potato, potato. <laughs> I mean, movie's bad enough anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. All right. So they're freaking out because of the snow. But yeah, I'd freak out too because summertime is snowing like really bad snow. So then fighter jets, for some reason, now they're in Maine. This thing is coming from Greenland. It had already smashed Nova Scotia. Yeah. When I say smash Nova Scotia, it just like... Bad CGI smash Nova Scotia. Yeah. A model city was destroyed. Completely destroyed. That cost like 200 bucks. <laughs> Probably. So it smashed Nova Scotia and now it's on its way to Maine. I... I... No. Just no. It came from Greenland. It smashed Nova Scotia. And now it's on its way to Maine. Which doesn't... Geographically... It doesn't make sense. I mean, it might make a little bit of sense. But for the fact that it's actually going to be hitting New York City, that's where it fails me. Like, seriously fails me. You already know I'm pulling up a map. I, I need to see this. Well, no, you need like a world map. You can't just look at the United yeah, States. Yeah, actually, I can. Well, Nova Scotia, Nova is, Scotia so, is all the way up there. That's fine. And then it's coming down this way. That's Massachusetts there. This is Maine. Concord, right, that, Maine. Yeah, this is no, Maine. I'm sorry. Augusta, Maine. My apologies. That's the wrong state that I'm looking at. That was New Hampshire. Up here. To. Right. Yeah. Up here. Okay. So, anyway. How did Miss Quebec? That's what I want to know. So the fighter jets, for some reason, fly over Maine so that it flies over the car and Nelson, Bill, and Terry can see the fighter jets flying in formation over the car and to all, go towards uh -huh. this glacier to hit, to blow it up. With, with all the snowing that was going on and the weird cloud cover, they were able to clearly see fighter jets. Yeah. Anyway, one of the jets crashes into the glacier and then the others start shooting missiles at it. And all of a sudden, giant chunks of ice start flying through the air. And when I say giant, I mean like super, super boulder sized. Like these things are humongous and they start flying through the air. And Bill, now mind you, they're in a traffic jam again. Yes. Drives backwards on the interstate or the highway or wherever he was to get out of the way. Terrible CGI, might I add. Of course. It was terrible backwards driving with the CGI. Of course. This movie's a fucking mess. So the giant, giant chunks, bigger than houses, flying through the air, crashing into stuff, completely destroys Bangor, Maine. That's where they are. So Julia calls, and for some reason, the camera angle is at like 100 degrees. So it's in the air above Julia and Logan. Mm -hmm. 
and it's look at it's like this weird diagonal and i'm telling you it's it, yeah kind of like a drone drone ish but it yeah. doesn't without the off-putting buzzing and of course it's focused right on them too and you can't see anything else so they are in front of this ridiculous green screen of Times Square. Oh my God. It's the worst. You can tell. You can tell it's a green screen. Yeah, easily tell. So yeah, they're calling mom. They're calling her mom. Terry and Julia are the only two in this family who have cell phones. So she calls mom and they're like, oh, are you okay? I hear that Maine was hit, but she can't get in touch with her mom. I don't know why. She leaves a message. Because mom is just as bad a parent as dad, maybe? I don't know. So then another plane is in the air. And the pilot is saying that the glacier is breaking up, but it's still massive. So now they're driving on the road. They're talking about different stuff. Bill is distracted. Nelson yells out, Dad, two o'clock. Bill turns around and they crash head on into parked cars and Bill flips. So Bill flips the car with everyone in there. They should be dead. They shouldn't be dead. Yes, they should. It's going to be the Julia and Logan movie. Cars can flip without people dying. It happens all the time. All the time. In this case, they should have been dead. No. So, you know, it's plot. Yeah, so the car crashes, and we're back at Julia's dorm, and all the students are going crazy. Nobody outside is going crazy. Everybody outside is fine, but everybody in the dorm is going crazy, running all over the place, screaming, everything. Then for some strange reason, the windows blow out, and one of the girls, she comes out of her room, and she has this giant chunk of glass in her forehead and she dies in the hallway yeah pretty blonde girl in the college dorm laying on the floor dead but ironically and oddly there was a guy next to her trying to talk to her yeah he wasn't even trying to be like oh are you okay he was really just talking to her like it was a normal day so julia's boyfriend says they should go through the train tunnels to try and get to jersey good idea yeah so they we're back at Bill and the family. They get out of the flipped car. Everybody's okay. And they're all around all of these crashed and abandoned cars that are causing a jam on the road. Mm-hmm. And it's dark because of whatever's happening with the weather. The sun keeps going out. And I think that's because of the ash as well from the volcano. Which, so okay. It's, I, it's blocking I, the sun. I, I can buy that. So it's dark and they keep, they said it was like three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. So they see a van, Nelson and Terry get in and Bill starts looking around for help and the sun comes back out all of a sudden. So they start the van and they're talking about, oh, it smells like shit in this van. Bill comes back and he's like, what's that smell? And they're like, oh, I don't know, it was manure or something. He's like, manure, fertilizer? Mm-hmm. So he goes in the back of the van and this man starts gathering stuff namely the fertilizer the fertilizer a bucket some type of liquid and he gets a shovel and he hits a random truck to get diesel fuel 
from the truck. So he hits it and this is really bad hit. But anyway, he hits it and the diesel fuel just starts pouring out and he catches it in a random construction helmet that was laying on the ground. That was hilarious. And he puts all this stuff together like he's MacGyver. And then he randomly finds two propane tanks and a flare. He lights the flare, lights all of his stuff. And then he runs to the van, backs it up and tells everybody to put their heads down. And next thing you know, the most magnificent boom you've ever seen. No, it was not magnificent. I'm using that ironically. It was so stupid. So there was a giant explosion. And somehow this giant explosion cleared all the cars off the road. Super boom. All of them. It's mega boom. Now the road's fine. Mm-hmm. There's no crater in the road. Mm-mm. I didn't notice crater. There wasn't even car parts in the road. Which made it even weirder. I don't know where they went. Just what kind of self-cleaning bomb <laughs> was this? I need one for my room. <laughs> you need something about it. Yes. I'll get a self-cleaning bomb for my craft room. Put it back together. That would be lovely. I know. That's self-cleaning not, bombs. Yeah, we we, we got we to look that up. Yeah, exactly. So now they're in Massachusetts. And mom calls her voicemail and she hears Julia say she's leaving the city. And then they hear this sonic boom. And now there's more fighter jets. They're deploying nuclear weapons, but the nuclear weapons don't work. That was a dumb move. Not only do you have a glacier, you also polluted the air with nuclear toxins. Yeah. Yeah. So now Boston is getting hit. Here we go. People are walking in the street. And all of a sudden, they're freezing in place. Like day after tomorrow. Nobody else froze in place. Bill and Terry and Nelson didn't freeze. Plot. But they froze. So Boston gets crushed. I'm still trying to figure out where they are in Massachusetts that they don't get crushed. So there are people that are on the side of the road looking all pathetic. And Bill wants to pick them up. But Terry is like, no, we have to go and get our daughter We don't have time to pick up all these other people. Don't worry. It's only going to take two minutes. Right. So he stops and all of a sudden this giant boulder of ice comes flying out of the air and smacks the three people and just smashes them right there where they stood. Well, they don't need a ride. Time to go. No ride for them. Time to go. So the van starts driving. They're trying to speed off. And there's more chunks falling into the road, but of course it's missing the van. And then the van spins out. Now we go back to Julia and her boyfriend and they're still running and he finds a secret passageway to an underground tunnel. They go into the tunnel and somehow Logan finds a flashlight just sitting in a corner on a little shelf while they were going into the tunnel. Plot. A random working flashlight. Not just a flashlight. These batteries are perfect. Fresh batteries in this random flashlight that no one seems to be using. Right. But they have it. Yeah. So they start walking through the tunnel. So then the family is driving in the van again and they're running out of gas. And Nelson turns around. He finds a hose in the back of the van and tells dad that they can siphon gas. So they find a car. And a man is dead inside. How he died, we don't know. 
I did notice two splotches on the driver's side window. Yeah, there were two blood stains on the driver's side window. It looked like blood on his head. So Devin, who was here watching it with us, he said maybe he killed himself. Good idea. Said uh, he shot himself twice mm. in the head. Kind of difficult. Not impossible. Shoot yourself in the jaw, then then aim higher. Rather improbable. Doable, improbable, but yes. yes. So anyway, they siphon the gas and they drive off again. And now they're in Connecticut and Nelson finds randomly in the back of the van, they're talking about they're hungry. They need to stop and get some food. But somehow Nelson finds a bag with chips, sodas, and granola bars Sitting in the back seat with him. Continuity. Why didn't you see this before? Thank you. I would have been hungry from the start. Like, come so, on, start searching the thing. And then he started eating the chips and didn't even tell the parents. Greedy bastard. And they just started talking to him and realized that he was trying to talk with his mouth full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when they realized he was eating. So they got chips from him. Anyway. That was a goofy scene. Yeah. It was really goofy, but I I appreciated a little bit of that goofy. We go back to Julia and Logan again for a quick second. And they're walking through a tunnel that's making a lot of noise. So they don't know what tunnel they're in. They're just walking. They have no clue. He just went into this underground space because it wasn't even the train station because those were all blocked off. So he was just walking through a tunnel and it was making a lot of noise. So they were like, okay, they got to hurry up. So then we're back to the car with the family and Nelson's on the radio again. And he's listening to people talking about what's happening. And then Bill is talking about he's feeling bad because he didn't say goodbye to Julia. And it's like, okay, whatever. You need to pull your shit together, Bill. Get to your daughter. (laughs) So anyway, they're in another absolutely fake traffic jam because it's so bad like they show a traffic jam and then when they show the van it basically pulls up and parks behind parked cars that was just plain stupid yeah with another car behind it that pulled up behind them right so bill gets out and he looks around he sees a leak and i'm guessing he's checking the ice to see if the ice is frozen enough so some guy just comes up and he try he's trying to talk to Bill and his name is Gary and Bill is trying to leave him behind and just trying to be like uh-huh yeah okay you know how some strange person comes and talks to you on the street and you're just like I don't know you go away let me go about my business those yeah. that don't know me like that that's me yeah I'm the one that's like yeah uh-huh okay translation leave me the fuck alone yeah before i cuss you out yeah that's definitely andrew trust me i i am a lovable huggable son of a bitch but Mm. just it's only when (laughs) it's people that i know and i'm comfortable around nothing personal to our fans honestly truly nothing personal to you guys that's just my personality if i don't know you i'm gonna give you a dirty look and it's just the leave me alone book but if you say you seen my picture on the Bad Movies and Booze website, sure, let's talk. Mm. Other than that, maybe a little. He thinks he's grumpy. I he's, am. He's not always grumpy. Very. Mm. So Bill 
<laughs> Bill is my man in this scene. Anyway. He needs to get away from this crazy yeah. Gary. And he's telling his wife and son, okay, we're about ready to go. It's right. time to leave. And Gary is just going batshit crazy. Yeah. Takes this walking stick that he had, bangs it on the car. Yeah, because Gar Gary wants to go to California. And Bill is like, no, I'm going to New York. And Gary is like, no, but we need to go to California. New no, York don't. is cold. No, we don't. We don't need to go to California. You could go to California, have your drinks and have your girls. Right. I'm trying to get my family back together. Yeah. So then Bill asks Gary, like, I have I have some money. And Gary's like, I don't want your money. And then Bill's like, I have some food in the car. And Gary's like, I don't want your food. And then he says, okay, what kind of food do you have? And he tries to give him the food. And that's when he's really like tripping out. He's trying to bang on the car. He's trying to get in. And he pulls out a gun. It escalated quickly, everybody. Right. Bill tells everybody to get out of the van and leave the man. And Gary takes the van and drives off. So somehow, now this man is driving fast in a van. Keep this in mind. Nelson is like, oh, the radio. And he starts running after the van on the ice. They're on ice now. He's yes. running after the van. He catches the van and is able to pull the bag with the radio out of the van. I don't know how fast this boy was running, but his nickname must have been Flash. He, and then you could tell that the van stopped, but they tried to make it look like he grabbed the stuff while the van was still going. But you could easily tell the van stopped. Anyway, all of a sudden, you hear this crack. The van starts going down. Nose diving. And Gary is screaming like it's something eating him. No, 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 no. Yeah. And he's trying to climb out of the van. He's trying to like claw and everything else. And the van looks like it's being eaten by something. Which was visually stunning. Yeah. But, that was probably the best visual effect that we got in the whole movie. Yeah. So, yeah, the lake just starts cracking all over after the van falls in. And so the family has to run off of the ice and they jump. It's the dumbest jumps over these cracks in the ice. Yeah. And they finally get to the land and now they're walking. So we're back to Julia and Logan and they end up, they realize they're in the Lincoln tunnel and there's another bunch of cars that are abandoned and piled up, which I still don't understand why there are cars just stopped at the front of the tunnel. And at the same time, we can also ask how they're walking to the light at the end of the tunnel and there's no cars, but they flip the camera around oh, and there's yeah. cars right there. Yeah, I forgot that that bad continuity blip. I'm telling <laughs> you, con continuity people, spell it, learn it. It was really bad. Um, so anyway, Bill and the family, they find a house. And they open the door. They start yelling in like, hello, we're just here to try and get some supplies and we'll be on our way, whatever. Nobody answers. So they just start going through the house and getting different stuff. And Terry goes up to this room and it's this little kid's room. And she starts crying because she's thinking about Julia. And she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you or I'm coming to get you or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I really what she was saying. I, I, but. I forgot it too. So they find coats, they find food, they start going out the door and they hear this noise. And then there's this kid who comes running down the steps 
And he's like, wait, my daddy's hurt. So they follow the kid to a garage and his dad is stuck under the absolute lightest set of shelves. It's those little aluminum, like those aluminum shelves mm -hmm. that a lot of people have in their kitchens right. or... Or their pantry. Or in their, even in their garage. That like too, those yeah. very light aluminum shelves that if you put them together, you could still carry them around with no problem. Right. So he's supposed to be stuck under this. So they're trying to help him get out. So he gets out and nothing's wrong with his leg. He's absolutely fine. And he's saying that they can help themselves to anything. So the man is saying that they're going west. Him and his son are going west. And they're going to take the truck. And the dad just happens to see the man's airplane that he owns. Yeah. The man tells him he can take the plane. And Bill tells Terry and Nelson that they should go with the man. And then Bill can just go and get Julia and meet up with them or whatever. And they're like, no, we're coming with you. So then we see Julia and her boyfriend again. And they finally get to the Jersey side of the Lincoln Tunnel. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to the family on the plane. And now there's tornadoes around them. Three of them. Three tornadoes. Three tornadoes. And you're flying a plane through these tornadoes. Yeah, and they just happen to fly right through all of them. Plot. Yeah. So then, again, Nelson yells out two o'clock. This fool. Do, do you not know what two o'clock <laughs> means, Nelson? No, he doesn't. After Nelson yells two o'clock like the dipshit that he is, they notice that they are surrounded by nothing but military aircraft. We're talking about fighter jets. We're talking about choppers. Yeah. And these are carrying more explosives. Man, and then there's also soldiers on the glacier. Did they not learn from the first time of when they blew not. it up? They had chunks of ice just flying all over the place. They think it's going to end differently. Of course. Of course they do because it's the movie. So then we cut back to Julia and Logan. They're just walking around. They're trying to find shelter somewhere. And this random guy, this big black dude, just comes out of nowhere growling. He's like, Arr! And comes over to them and he starts shaking Julia. Give me your coat. Give me your coat. And then Logan comes over to fight the guy. And he punches Logan in the face and he starts beating on Logan. And this guy comes out and he yells National Guard and starts shooting. And the man runs off. He growls again. It runs off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I'm looking at this part. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, this better not be racist. No, it was just weird. But it was it's just very it's, weird. It's, but it's just weird that it's a brother who is trying to get this young girl's coat and beats up this other young man. I mean, but and he the has other to be guy, big and African American. But but Gary was white and he had a gun. Touche. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So just right. random, right. crazy. You get a pass. <laughs> So National Guard guy, he goes and takes them into this shelter. Mind you, we forgot to tell you about the snow. Oh, sweet mercy. If you're paying attention to this movie when you watch it on Tubi, and I know you will, this snow is the fakest snow you'll ever see. It's actually foam. Someone 
dropped a drop of dawn and the grace was gone. <laughs> and all the suds came coming with it. Look, it was we so ha- much foam. We have dawn dishwash in our kitchen. I take one little drop. I get so many suds out of that. Can you imagine? They must have had one big bucket of dawn and just said, let's have at it. Maybe that's what the glacier was made of. Oh, <laughs> oh that explains so much. A drop of dawn on the glacier and the fighter planes are gone. Obviously. So we see that the explosives on the glacier are set for four minutes. And then we get back to Bill and the family in the plane. And he's telling Nelson to put in coordinates for where the glacier is. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is where the mathematics come in. So Nelson says that the glacier is 50 miles away from them. Mm -hmm. And it's moving at 200 miles an hour. So I'm no mathematician. It's 50 miles away, moving at 200 miles an hour. Plane has to be going. I don't know. It has to be going faster than 200. It couldn't go faster than 200. Uh, not that little. Not that little plane? No. Not con, well, considering, a little crop duster kind of looking plane. Well, considering the planes that we flew on, those things have to move at least 9,000. Well, they're not 9,000. It's got to be fast. Oh, my gosh. It's fast enough. Anyway, I would think. That they didn't have time to do all the stuff that they're doing. Because it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Modern airliner speeds. <laughs> you know I'm going to look it up. Of course. You know I have it. 152 knots, nautical miles per hour. So, what does it mean exactly? Come on, just give me give me, give me, me the, the legit math here. He can't find the math. Yeah, the, the, the math is just all... Weird term. Yeah, he should have looked that up earlier. Yes, I should have. There we go. We got it. Okay. Let's go with a Boeing 747. A Boeing 747, which is a popular commercial plane, has a typical cruise speed of 0.85 Mach or 567 miles per hour when at 35,000 feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the glacier, Mm -hmm. 50 miles away, 200 miles an hour. This plane, by this math, should be outpacing it. Yeah. Given that smaller plane. Okay. It still yeah. wouldn't be. Yeah. It, it, it'd probably be like at least half the speed that is going as far as the Boeing 747. I mean, but you think about it. Once the plane stops, the glacier should be right on them. Killing them. Yeah. But plot. Of course. So the plane is icing up and Bill says they're burning fuel. And he asked Terry and Nelson to look out the window to see if they can see a place where they can fuel up this plane. And it's like, how do they just happen to be able to look out the window and find a place to fuel up the plane? Yeah, I'm looking for a Chevron at like 12,000 feet. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, yeah, private airfield or something for crop planes, any place where I can fuel up this plane. Do, do you not see what type of weather fucking anomaly we have going on here, Bill? Yeah. I can't see shit. So then the ice is covering the plane. It looks almost like the blob. Like, it's really... <laughs> oh, man. Okay, when you say the blob, are we talking about the black and white blob or the 1980s blob? I think I saw it in color. Yeah, that would be the 1980s. Yeah. Ugh. So... We should see that one. Not your cup of tea. I mean, I liked it. 
but but not really. I mean, but it's a it's one of those cult classics. That's true. So we were still talking about we we're not sure if we're doing like mega cult classics. Yeah, we're gonna have to have a debate on that. We may yeah. have to poll it. Some of them. Yeah. I mean, eventually. Yeah, of course. Know. So they have to do an emergency landing. One hundred miles away from New York City. Right. So then we see Julia and her boyfriend. They get they're in the shelter. They're sitting in the corner. Julia's boyfriend, Logan, says that his dad was probably one of the first ones hit because he was in Norway. I still, mm-hmm. I, I don't know geography well, but. But we know Norway would not have been, I don't think Norway would have been hit. Anyway, he but, says that he was one of the first ones hit because he was in Norway, but he's happy to be with Julia. So. But fuck that. I got you. Basically. He's a sh- he's he's an assuring guy. He anyway. Is. Logan is an assuring guy. He, to me, he no. knew dad lived his life. It's my time no. now. No. 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 Anyway. <laughs> so for some reason, Bill is trying to call to the Newark airport to tell them they're coming in for a landing. All the planes are supposed to be grounded. Nothing's supposed to be in the air. Yep. But he's calling in Newark Airport to tell them that they're making an emergency landing. And they land on a perfectly cleared runway. Like, there's no snow on this thing. Even though all the planes are grounded. Again, Nelson screams, Dad! Two o'clock! Dude! And there's a commercial aircraft taking off on the same runway that they're on. So their plane goes out of control and it crashes into a snowbank and they get out. There's fuel all over, like pouring out of the plane. So as they're walking away, the plane blows up and they dive. But they look like they're at least eight miles away from this plane. And next thing you know, this this is just a mess. Just that crappy explosion of the plane they used. Yeah. And that crappy dive they did, it just looked horrible. It was just a mess. It was it was stupid, of course. So a police officer comes over and tells them to follow her. She's taking them somewhere safe or whatever. So then we cut back to the bombs that were set because it was a whole four minutes. Uh-huh. So the guy is Colonel Siner. He's in one of the helicopters mm-hmm. waiting for the explosion. Now, the bombs are set on a timer to go off. And for some reason, this man yells, Fire! Like, I don't... who Who's firing? Who's He's firing? fired. He's fired for making such a stupid call right there. Yeah. So, the explosion happens. Everybody's happy until a huge chunk comes up and smacks the helicopter. Blowing it up. I told you it was fired. Yeah. Told you he was fired. Somehow, Julia and her boyfriend hears these explosions and crazy stuff happening while they're in the shelter. And a globe and a head from a statue, supposedly in Jersey, mm-hmm. gets hit by one of the chunks and it rolls into the door at the shelter. So everybody's screaming. I think it was a call back to the day after tomorrow with that reference. I don't know. But Julia and Logan leave. I don't blame them. You got to go with a loan sometime. Right. So then we cut back to 
Bill and the family and the officer. And she puts them into, basically, it looks like it's an airplane hangar. And she's still standing outside and she's telling them, oh, you're going to be perfectly safe. I'll be right smack. She gets completely smacked with, I don't know what, because it wasn't a chunk of ice. It was like a giant piece of metal, something. Like some some side of a building just, yeah. just, just slapped her. Yeah. So, of course, they freak out. And I let out the greatest cackle ever. Yes. yes. Because it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Because we saw it coming. Yeah. We just didn't know when. Yeah. You could easily see how they set this scene up. You knew it was about to happen. So anyway, somehow Nelson finds the perfect car just sitting in this airplane hangar. How convenient. This is a con- this is a very convenient family. Yeah. They leave the airplane hangar. And they're trying to go over the George Washington Bridge, but they can't get through to, they're trying to call Julia. They can't get through to her. And there's another random traffic jam and the cop stops them and tells them they have to turn around because the bridge is out. And then they realize that they can track Julia through Terry's cell phone and they find out she's in Jersey. So they start driving toward her. And then there's more fighter jets. People are walking around and screaming. Sirens are going off. And Julia and Logan just huddle in a corner. And of course, there's some guy yelling, the end is nigh. The end is nigh, the end is I. Yes. Be saved. Be saved now because the end is nigh. And the glacier is basically at New York City. It's nobody's freezing there Mm -hmm. with the glacier basically on top of them. Mm -hmm. Nobody's freezing. Yeah, remember, earlier in the movie, people were freezing. Yeah, nobody else is frozen. That's kind of weird. Right. So weird. So they have to get out of the car because they can't really drive anymore. And they start walking. And Nelson drops the his phone. And he wants to go back and get it. But they're like, they're so close. They just need to start calling her name. So they start yelling out, screaming for Julia. Julia! And Julia! They walk up this fire escape that's outside and Bill sees a random dead cop just sitting on the steps. Chilling. Dead. Dead. Everybody's still running around, screaming and hollering. And for some reason, this cop is just dead on the fire escape, sitting up. Anyway, Bill takes his gun and starts shooting it in the air and yelling for Julia. Julia, bang, bang. Yeah, people are still running all over the place. Everybody's outside, but he's shooting his gun up in the air and yelling for Julia. He wants to find his daughter. So Julia finally hears him. Of course, everybody's hugging. There's some happy music. She introduces the family to Logan. Wait, who the hell? Dad, Bill had a look. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. But you know what? Damn it. You watched over my kid. You okay, my boy. Yeah, so they all started hugging Logan, too. So then they start running to safety. They get back in the car. And since the streets are blocked, Bill starts driving over the Hudson River. The fighter jets are blowing up the glacier yet again. I have a question. They're supposed to be in New Jersey, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They're driving over the Hudson. To get to New York. I don't know. They're trying to get somewhere. I don't know where they're trying to go. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So 
they're driving over to Hudson. The glacier is like basically in New York mm-hmm. and it's being blown up and chunks of ice are falling and breaking up the Hudson River, like crashing into the river. But it's not like breaking to the point that you would think that the car would fall in the water. No. And they're still driving fine, just driving, making sure they're not getting hit by these giant chunks of ice. They drive over to the Statue of Liberty. New York City is getting smashed by the glacier. And they're walking into the Statue of Liberty. They get up to the top and they're all huddling down in the corner. And all of a sudden, the glacier stops. They go outside of the Statue of Liberty's crown and they're looking around and they're like, wow, because the Statue of Liberty is basically wrapped up in ice. Except for the head and the arm extending the torch. Yeah. And then that was the end of the movie. Yeah. This, the continuity was horrible. Mm. The acting the dialogue not even the acting the dialogue was like they just told them to ad-lib conversations and then this is what's going to happen at this point this is not a music video with a hype man they were just talking about rant it was it really felt random It, it, it was a movie about nothing and it was you didn't get to meet anybody except for that family. And Gary. And Logan. And, and Gary, Gary. And Gary with the gun. Yeah. And the little boy. The little boy and the dad. That Devin felt was annoying. Yes. I don't blame him. But that was it. Boy like, was adorable, but he was freaking annoying. You didn't really get to engage with anyone. Why? Is, why, why? I don't why? know. It's a $250,000 movie. I'm not expecting everyone to have a piece of the pie obviously nobody had a piece of the pie all the money went to to the freaking special effects to the very very crappy special effects i'm trying to figure out the director or the person that did this thing got paid themselves it was it was bad i I need to figure something out this is definitely a weak band worthy movie tammy dooley pritchett i love you to bits you are officially banned on a weak band one week don't give us any more suggestions. No. For a week. No. Well, we're here. No. This was bad. This was awful. So thank you so much. This was so awful. <laughs> oh, gee whiz, man. It was bad. So, again, Ice Age or 2012 Ice Age on Tubi. You could watch it for free along with lots and lots and lots of bad movies. So we'll definitely be pulling more from there. Yes, we most certainly are. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for enduring another crazy episode of Bad Movies and Booze where we just don't know what we're watching anymore. No. And before we go, I do want to let you know, up next will be a spoken word piece from Andrew. All right, all right. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like fun. I can do something. I can do a a little ditty for the people. Absolutely. So I thank you all again for listening in. Tune in next week. We're going to have another movie where we're hoping we don't ban a person, but odds are we will. Mm-hmm. But of course, as always, no matter where you are, who you are, as long as you are drinking age, please, please, please drink responsibly. That being said, cheers. cheers.
I am an urban samurai, traversing a brick and steel battlefield, a mechanically operated metropolis which is filled with semi-autonomous apparatuses that dictate our dailies daily. I am a simple denizen among the twisted metal and pasted concrete as I ride mighty mechanized beasts from one destination to the next. A world that is so complex one wonders of its former original form. Bush landscapes where the tree shade drapes each step we take. Peaceful rivers and lakes where we congregate with those of whom we are fond. Breathtaking beauty blinding us with its fascination. Winds whisper and skip amongst the vast. We sadly knew that this picturesque view would not last for a long time in some areas. It is upsetting to the deep-rooted harmony that I hold near and dear to me. Even as I stand inside of the metal-enclosed temples, or sitting inside of the mechanized beasts, I use a tiny dull sword to swipe my thoughts with precision on a computerized notepad. Those days are now done. An urban samurai who must become jacked to the new normal. This change is uncomfortable to me as I have been accustomed to the serene. Nature as views where majestic animals skew my sight and not a single skyscraper is in sight. Blue skies dotted with fluffy clouds and sunbeams bathing and kissing our puckered lips. Livestock and free-range wildlife sip water freely as they interact candidly, surrounded by their thirst-quenching scenery. Now those same animals are subjected to change. The very same change which we created for ourselves. They contend with the new just as we do regularly. Are these changes the final fate of my life? Only time will tell and know. What I do know now is that I am an urban samurai with the freedom to go.